In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Could we kindly welcome to the pulpit Dr. Oke Onuzo? Praise the Lord. My wife and I are pleased to be here to share fellowship. Amen. Okay, we sing the hymn then. Standing on the promises of God. The promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let us praise His reign. Glory in the highest Shout and sing. I am standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing. I am standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, I am standing. I am standing. Next one. Standing on the promises I now can see. Perfect present cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free. I am standing on the promises of God. Promises of God, my Savior, stand on the 
Father, here we are. May your Holy Spirit take us in and reveal your truth in our hearts that we may walk by your truth. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may please be seated. Thank you, choir. Thank you very much. I want you to come with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. From verse 24. Therefore, this is the New King James Version. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sun and the rain descended the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall and somebody said amen our meditation is on the living word the living word john chapter 1 Verse 14, and the word <clears throat> became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son who is close to the father's heart, who has made him known. And somebody said, Amen. Like I said in the first service, that the Apostle John introduced us to what I have called 
a mystical tangibility, which in itself is a contradiction in terms, because mystical things are not usually tangible. But then, here we have one that is, as we read from John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. The life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and darkness did not comprehend it. Here the Bible tells us that the living word of God pre-existed. He was with God and was God all the way from eternity. He experienced pre-existence because he was in the beginning with God. This living word was at the center of all creation. The Bible says there is nothing that was made that was made without him. In other words... He gave life as we know it to every creature. And then the word, the Bible says, came with life. And that life was the light of men. And that's why our Lord Jesus Christ said, He who hears my word is like a man who built his house on the rock. And why is, did he build his house on the rock? Not because he was anticipating uh, uh, the wind, the rain, and the flood, but because they happen in nature. They happen in nature. And he built it on the rock so that if those floods do come, then that house will be able to what? Stand. That's what it's really all about. That when we receive the word and structure our lives according to the word, the word empowers us to face our adversities. One of the scriptures that has ministered to me over the years it's in Proverbs 24.10. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is what? Small. And, and the, the Holy Spirit showed me that the reason why the strength is small, because it's really your strength. But if it was his strength, and then, you see, you can, you can wear that through. And that strength is received as we will see, through the word. Nobody can get strength by macho, by intellectual uh, strength or, or power. Nobody can get strength by knowledge. Only they get it by the spirit, through the word. We gain strength by the spirit through the word. And the Bible says that, that word had life, and that life is intelligence, Cognition, reason, thought, all the faculties of the soul, will, passion. That word had all, has all of that. 
so that when we begin to enter into it, it begins to transform us from inside out. And that's where the strength is going to come from. Can you say amen to that? Now, the other significant thing to note is that that word and the life it brings is the opposite of darkness. It is light, and wherever that word imparts its light, what happens to darkness? It recedes. It recedes. And that's one of the challenging things, because darkness can present in various forms of evil, sin, demonic attacks, challenges. But the Bible says that whatever kind of darkness that is confronting you, that that light will overcome it. Can you say amen to that? You know, um, 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 one of the um, uh, experiences in, in ministry that I had years ago is talking about darkness from the point of view of darkness in my own ignorance until one day the Spirit of God said to me, nobody overcomes darkness by understanding darkness. No, it's foolish. So the only way you overcome darkness is by increasing the intensity of your what? Yeah, yes, yes. By increasing, daily increasing the intensity of your light. Now, the mystery of the word that pre-existed was revealed to us in verse 14 of John chapter 1, which says, and the word became what? Flesh. When John wrote, you know, in First John, he said, that which we saw, that which we touched, that which we tasted and experienced. John was saying, the word became flesh, reality with us. And that's why um, uh, um, the scripture said that God prepared a body for our Lord Jesus Christ in the womb of Mary. And, and you can picture it. And he just came and uh, entered it to come into the world. The word lived among us like an ordinary man. And that's where really a lot of people have their problem because uh, they, they cannot uh, uh, reconcile the man and the God. I said, this is not something that uh, subjects itself to intellectual analysis, how God became a, a man. It's either you believe it or you don't believe it. And if you believe it, then the benefits of it will begin to accrue to you. you to, the benefits will begin to accrue to you. Don't engage anybody on that debate. It's a fruitless exercise. So we saw the glory of God on him. And that's why it's one of the studies that uh, benefits the soul. is the study of the man, Jesus. You know, how he reflected the glory of God in his life. So that you and I can, uh, um, through the example, like Paul wrote in, uh, in uh, Second Corinthians, he said, when we behold him, okay, we are transformed into his what? Likeness. Yes, when you study his humility, his humility begins to enter into you. When you study his love, his love begins to be manifest through you. When you study his kind, kindness, it begins to be reflected through you. When you study his holiness, his forgiveness, you see, when you, when you study it intellectually, it's hanging in the air somewhere. There is no power connection. But when you study him, then the Holy Spirit brings the light of his life into your own life. Can you say amen to that? He said, we saw the glory of God in him and in his life as a man. So that is where you and I connect 
to the living word. We receive, the Bible says, we receive of his fullness. In other words, what uh, the Bible says in uh, 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 John chapter 8, no, Romans chapter 8, 29, those he did foreknow, he did what? Predestinate to be conformed into the image of his son. You know, some people hear that and they're like, Okay, maybe the reason why I'm not really saved is because um, he didn't uh, include me. Oh, no, that's not the way it works. Okay? When he said he did for no, he did for no because he knows everything. But it's not in the context of John, Peter, Mary. No, he did for no Christians. And he did ordain in eternity that everyone that accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior should be conformed to the image of Christ. That's why many people don't understand election. Election is open. It's not closed. You see, election is not, I have come here and chosen 10 people. The rest can go to hell. No, election is, here is the avenue to enter and become elected. It's your choice. It's your choice. So he elected us in Christ. And so we receive of the fullness of his. And the Bible says it's in measures because we lack capacity to, to, to receive all the fullness in one go. You can imagine if they confronted you with the fullness of his forgiveness. And somebody has just carried your car away. It's okay, I forgive you. You can go. Or somebody has just really hurt you deeply. And you're still wondering what to do. So, ah, I've received the fullness. That's it. But you see, you get it bit by bit. You know, maybe it's just your brother that did something. So remember the cross. Father, forgive them. Then having been able to forgive your brother who didn't pay you back the 50 pounds you gave him. Now you're in a position to take something a lot... Uh, Bigger, yes. That's why the Bible says it's from grace to grace. Nobody jumps out. No, you will be totally overwhelmed. You know, somebody once said, yes, Jesus will forgive you. I'm not Jesus. I said, yes, but the whole idea is that daily we are growing to become uh, like him. Yes. We receive of his fullness. He is the, 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 the quintessence, the, 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 the greatest example ever there could be of life on earth, in all its fullness, in its power, in its humility, and everything, okay? As we increasingly and progressively receive measures of this is fullness, we are transformed into his image. So we become partakers, like the Bible says, partakers of the divine nature. Now, everybody must have an ambition, you know, to be a partaker of the divine nature, you know? And that's how you know that... Uh, um, when we don't develop the human character to be like the character of Christ, it's a loss. It doesn't matter what else we become. If we are not becoming like Jesus, we, have not, we are very little used to God. We can be, I told somebody recently, I said, you can grow people who are very useful to the church, but they're not useful to God because the Holy Spirit can't dwell in them. They're rebellious. They're not obedient to God. So, but they can run all over and do everything here. But, but it's a waste. It's a waste in time and eternity. 
So let us develop people that the church can use, but primarily that God can use. Because you see, anybody that God can use, the church can use. Now, it was Peter that explained to us the connection between the living word and the written word. Because, you see, we can be lost in the mystical of the living word. And imagine endlessly what it means that Christ was prehistoric, pre-existential. In other words, he was before creation, and yet he became a man. But then Peter told us, so come with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He said, as his divine nature, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and what? Godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Then verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. Peter said... The word, the written word, was given to us to use to, cli to, to climb the bridge between the carnal human nature and the nature of God. And so through the written word, by understanding, believing, living according to the written word, we take on the nature of the living word. And that's how the living word and the written word connect together. Because the living word gave the written word. That's why we uh, savor the scripture in, uh, in uh, John chapter 16. Okay? The living word that came down from heaven. And the written word given to man. Jesus spoke about that in uh, John 16, 13. How be it, he says, when he... The spirit of truth who gave the written word. When he is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. In other words, the spirit that gave the word is giving the written word was giving us the life of who? The living word. So that we can become like him. And the first and primary benefit is that we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through what? Lust. We have escaped. The words are chosen carefully. You see, not that we have embraced. No, we have uh, escaped. That's why Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2.11, he said, as pilgrims and sojourners, okay, flee from lust. 
that war against what? The soul. Because loss consumes everything. It saps spiritual energy. And when you talk about loss, it's not only immorality. No, because a lot of people think that the, 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 the first temptation of Christ is the lust of the flesh. And it wasn't about sex. Command this stone that become bread. That's the lust of the flesh. And Jesus said, man shall not what? Live by bread alone. And we can multiply that. Man cannot live by money alone, by sex alone, by whatever it is that has consumed you. So, so he said we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, when we therefore embrace the written word, we receive the written word as part of the living word. Then our lives is transformed accordingly. And we discover daily that as we become more and more like the living word, his life, his power, his awesome greatness that is totally, that's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, that the love of Christ to comprehend the length, the breadth, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ, which is what? Beyond understanding. In Ephesians chapter 3. Such awesomeness now begins to be distilled into our lives. Okay? What that means is that our priorities, our focus, are radically transformed from carnal to spiritual. So what is the practical significance of all this? Okay? It's not just to know that the mystery in the living word can be accessed through the written word. What is the practical significance? Something that every single one of us can use in our daily living. Practical situations. And for this, I would just like to share a personal testimony briefly. Like I told them in the festival, I took ill in March. As I went into hospital, I actually walked to the hospital. The Holy Spirit whispered to me, all things work together for good. And that became really like a, a rock in my heart. All things work together for good. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I walked into hospital, and after 12 hours of observation, the doctors realized that I was actually seriously ill, and they took me to the intensive care. And while I was there, the Holy Spirit, he whispered to me again, say, remember, the greater one is inside. The greater one is inside. First John 4, 4, you are of God, little children and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Then at some point I wondered, you know, about the sickness, you know, the way we all are, where is it coming from, what is all this all about, you know. And our Lord Jesus quickly brought the scripture to me, 
He said, when you stand praying, do what? Forgive. So even if you thought, oh, something happened or somebody did something, forgive. And the moment, the moment I began to say, Lord, whoever uh, uh, did something against me or did anything, I uh, release everybody. A new atmosphere came into that, my hospital room. A completely new atmosphere came into that room. Because, you see, the, 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 the living word and the written word are together. They're together. Then at some point, of course, I recall some of my own messages that nothing happens without divine permission. And that is Lamentations 3.37. Who can command things to happen without the Lord's permission? That's Job chapter 1, verse 6. The devil went to heaven. You know, and said, if this Job, you are the one protecting him, and then the permission was uh, granted, you know. And that's the same way that Jesus said in Luke 22, that he said, Simon, Simon, the devil has asked for permission to sift you like wheat, you know. But you see, there is also another angle to that. And that angle is a... Uh, is, uh, from uh, uh, Zechariah chapter 3, where the Bible says in verse 1 that Joshua, the high priest, was standing before God for empowerment. And who was standing next to him? Satan, to resist him. And what was he standing with? A list of his misdemeanors. Okay? And, 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 and the Bible says Joshua was covered with uh, filthy garments. And David had already, had already uh, 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 said in Psalm 19 verse 12, How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? King James says, Who can understand all his errors? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. And the scripture came back to me in Revelations 12.10 that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And he is accusing them before God. How often? Day and night. Day and night. He's collecting evidence in which to use to gain permission. And what is the solution? The solution is in verse 11. And the saints overcame him by the what? Blood of the Lamb. And I'm sure I've spoken to you about that before. That the reason why the saints overcame him by the blood of the Lamb is that for every accusation brought before you and I, before God, you present who? The blood. Because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, the blood of Jesus Christ said, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Then I began to pray, say, Lord, whatever accusation the enemy, the real enemy has against me before you, my answer is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. 
And that again brought a measure of confidence that I can now not begin to think, oh, it might be something. I said, no, there's nothing. My plea is now the blood for every accusation. For every accusation. And that is the power in the written word to connect to the power of the living word through the Holy Spirit. Finally, I left hospital after 15 days. The Holy Spirit, he whispered to me, he said, go and tell my people that God and his word are one. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I recall that uh, some time ago when I was concerned about my prayer life, the Holy Spirit whispered to me, anytime you want to pray, pick up your Bible. I thought I understood what he meant. Now I know I didn't. Because I understand better now that I am to pray the word. I am to actually pray the word of God to become reality in my life. And that's why Jesus said, ask and you shall what? Yes, seek and you shall find. Knock and you shall be opened. And for everyone that asketh, receive. Everyone that seeks, finds. And to everyone that knocks, you will be opened. You know, he taught us many things. He taught us persistence, insistence. Once you're standing on the word, persistence, insistence. And please, you don't care what other people believe. Because there's always the, this issue of, I know one brother, John, that he believed, you know, and then you see, something happened to him. But do you really know what he believed? You know, like the preacher said, uh, um, Ten people, there was drought in a place, and ten people prayed for rain. And when they came the next day, only one person brought an umbrella. So what did the rest of them believe? So you cannot really tell what people believe. They said, Lord, it must rain today. He didn't bring an umbrella. So he wasn't expecting a... Yes. So you cannot tell what people really believe. You cannot tell what they believe. And the only way to believe is to stay on that word and say, Holy Spirit, make this written word alive where? In my heart. Yes. I want this word to come alive in me. That is it. Only the Spirit does that. Connects the written word to the living word. Only the Spirit does that. And then, you see, it doesn't just work for, you know, all the things we want, our success, and the other. No, it works for fundamentals, too. And what is one of those fundamentals? Romans 6.14. Sin shall not have what? Dominion. Dominion. So there is no... Uh, 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 um, uh, excuse for me making excuses. Well, you know, my father had hot temper. In fact, I, was, I learned that my grandfather was worse. So you see, this hot temper is where? In my blood. 
Yes, it's inside my blood. You know, that's what they call besetting sins. So when you, you, you and somebody fight physically, you say, well, I really can't help myself. It's in my, uh, uh, it's in my blood. You know, my father had uh, 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 four wives, uh, six girlfriends. I can't help myself. <laughs> All against that backdrop comes the word that says, sin shall not have what? Dominion. And then you say, say, Lord, let this word become what? Reality. Sin must not have dominion over my life. No, no, no. Because this vessel must be a habitation of the spirit. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you. You know? And when you, I tell people the way this works is that if you go to God and say, sin must not have dominion over me, they look into your heart and they see that that desire is for real, the power will come down. It never fails to come down if the desire is real. But if they look into your heart, you know, we have a proverb in Imboland in Nigeria. They said you are counseling a, a man that steals yam. In his heart, he's making new diggers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that he will use the next time around. So you see, when they look into the heart and find that this is what is going on, ah, they don't waste energy now. They don't waste energy. Okay. And then there is another one. Because there are people who are wondering, how can I, how can I break away from the th sins that plague my life? And then the word comes and said, if you live after the flesh, you will die. Romans 8.30. But if you, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of your body, you will live. So stopping bad habits or things that are wrong in our lives is not by determination. You know, you know in those um, old days, January, uh, December 31st, make your new year... Uh, one of them, I will not smoke again. Number two, I will not drink again. That's um, 31st. By 6 o'clock on the 1st, <laughs> everything has broken down. <laughs> the Bible says, no, no, no. You don't break those things by willpower or by, by resolution. You have to go to God and say, Holy Spirit, put these desires toward death. Put them to death. That's the power of the written word. To connect to the living word, okay? And then, of course, that's, there is the, the one that the Spirit gave me at the beginning of this whole experience. All things work together for good. You know, so leave out James. Leave out John. Even if they are directly responsible. Leave out uh, Peter and Mary. All things work together for good. It will turn out to my good. Because God is with me. That is it. That is it. So you're hanging on those scriptures as the Spirit will pick them to you. I have three uh, prayers here, you know. And one of them has become very significant because everybody needs empowerment. And the first one here comes from Luke chapter 10, verse 17. 
Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And so to pray that scripture, you know, Lord, may every devil on my path today be subject to me in your name. Just like it was to the disciples. Let Satan fall like what? Lightning on my path today. And then, Lord, I receive a quickening of your authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of uh, the enemy. All the powers of the enemy. Now, the, 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 the next statement in that empowerment scripture, the next statement is very vital. It said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. I call it the charter of invincibility. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. And you know, if you live where I live in Nigeria, people will come with all kinds of stories. They went to Babalao, they poured water, the man appeared, they pinned him. Say, by any means, nothing shall by any means. any means. Whether they went to Bar Beach at 12 midnight and wrote your name and gave to Mami water. <laughs> you know, wherever they went, wherever, say, nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Believe that word. Receive that word. Stand on it, and the spirit will connect you. That's the way it works. It's the spirit that connects. And that's how every individual can be empowered. You and I, ordinary, you know, I, I told you before, there's ordinary people living extraordinary lives. Yes, ordinary people. Nobody knows your name. You have no pedigree, no bishop, no overseer, nothing. And yet the power of God is with you. That's what it is. That's what it is. And then, of course, you know, uh, for challenges, like the type I had, Isaiah 53, 5, and 1 Peter 2, 24. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And, and many people standing on that word have been connected to the healing power of God. By his stripes, I am healed. Standing on it. I, I, I have stories of a, a man that was uh, paraplegic from the waist down. It gave him a tract with that word. And as he read it, the Holy Spirit whispered to him, what is a man that is healed still doing on the bed? 
what is a man that is healed still doing on the bed? So, he was in a hospital bed in the middle of the night. He sat up. He used his hand to carry one leg down and used the other hand to carry the other leg down. And he propped up himself, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. The nurse is trying, hey, 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 don't, don't. <laughs> he said, by his stripes, I'm healed. The power of God hit him. Amen. Yes. Yes. When we stand on the word, because the written word connects to the living word by the spirit. And then the, the, the pressure of material need and financial resources. A lot of pressure. You see? That's what uh, leads to the hypocrisy of our Christian witness, particularly where I live, that the churches are full on Sunday. But on Monday, corruption continues uh, as usual. You know, like one sister said, I went to one office, they said I should bring 500 naira. I went to another office, they said I should bring 1,000 naira. So she said she started to ask herself, are there no Christians? in these places, that will walk up to you and say, what do you need? Buy a cup, come and take it. No, 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 no money. Uh, somebody told me that uh, um, in the 70s revival, they went to a post office or somewhere, you know, and they found uh, there are three cages where, you know, all those cage, people in cages, there are three that you could receive the form one cage had about 20, 30 people. The other one, just two or three people. They're all given the same form. So what was the difference? The man with the 20 people, he doesn't take bribe. So you just come, you collect your form, and... Uh... So everybody's lined up there. I said, to his greatest surprise, he was a Christian he mentored. He had a, 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 a something there. We don't take bribe here. He wrote it and put it on his window. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's not that they've put me here. Ah, it's my opportunity to prosper. Mm. It's my opportunity to prosper. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added. And so, if you have the wrong orientation to success, to wealth, to uh, financial empowerment, then, then change everything now so it can be kingdom-driven. It can be kingdom-driven. Begin to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Be the only one who is not collecting. Be the only one who is not bowing. To, 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 to a mammon. Be the only one. And then, what Jesus said in verse 32 will begin to happen to you. Say, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And when the kingdom comes, it comes with everything. It comes with everything. Particularly the empowerment. And don't forget that when you are kingdom driven and you're on the kingdom path, the resources you need will be on that path. Because God always makes provision. But you see, if you're on your own path, that's a totally different matter. All the angelic help you need 
All of that will be on the kingdom path. And that's why this day I urge you with all my heart, give your life a new focus. Be a kingdom citizen. Have a kingdom orientation to your life. And see that the word works. That when you're a kingdom citizen, the word works. No matter what challenge you're facing, and we face diverse challenges, no matter what. Then the spirit will give you the word that will connect you to the power of God to take you through. Can you say amen to that? Bow your head and let us pray. I want you to talk to God and say to him, Lord, give me a new focus to my life. I want to be a kingdom citizen. Let me not be, let me not be like unbelievers. Chasing mammon here, there, and yonder. Let me have a single focus, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And as I pursue it, let me see the word materialize and bring other things into my life. Someone here may be saying, Lord, I don't even have the kingdom at all in my heart. Jesus, please come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. And if you are that someone, I want you to pray for yourself and say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart now and be my Lord and my Savior. I want to follow you. I want to be with you here. And when life is over, I want to be with you in eternity. If you're saying that prayer, I would like to pray with you. And if you've said that prayer, just raise your hand wherever you are. I'd like to pray with you. Is there anyone? Is there anyone this afternoon? Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Okay, now, for the rest of us, give Say, go to God and say, Lord, give me a new focus to my life. I want to be a kingdom-oriented citizen, for it is my Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom with all its power and its glory. The glory of God that Jesus brought here, I said, we beheld his glory. I want to share in that glory. Make me a kingdom-oriented Christian. I want you to rise and join me as we share in this song. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and change this destiny of my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want. 
scripture now it's Ephesians 1 11 can you put it up Ephesians New King James Version Ephesians 1 11 the Bible says in him also we have obtained an inheritance and we have been predestined according to the purpose Predestined according to the purpose of him. Now, the next statement is crucial. He walks how many things? How? According to the counsel of what? His own will. Yes. So this morning, or this afternoon, I want you to say to God, Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. He walks everything. There's a, there is a predestined inheritance. There is an inheritance. But you can't get there unless you are going according to the counsel of his own will. And so tell him this morning, Lord Jesus, may your Holy Spirit guide me. I want to walk according to the counsel of God's will in my life. In every area. Family, children's education, decisions about where I live, where I walk. I want to walk according to the counsel of your own will so that I can enter into that inheritance. There is a predestined inheritance to every child that is called. I want to walk after the counsel of your own will. Jesus, see my heart. I want to walk after the counsel of the will of my Father. That's why Jesus said, I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I will walk according to the counsel of your own will, O oh Lord my God. In everything, I will not seek my own will. I will not seek my own counsel. I will seek the counsel of your own will. In Jesus' precious name we pray. I didn't hear that amen. amen. Put your right hand on your head as we pray. Father, as many as have said this prayer with deep sincerity in their heart, O Spirit of the living God, connect each one to their inheritance in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Whatever obstacle may be on their path, I command remove now in the name of Jesus Christ that your people may truly possess the kingdom. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed.